everyone, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man, bringing you again number 13, 14, and 15 of the Prosetta, our next installment. This is the second to last one, so I really hope you're enjoying it. Um, I don't have much to say in this one. Um, just have a good day and take your time listening to this one and just enjoy it, really. So without any further ado, here's 13, 14, and 15 of the Prosetta. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Skulls Kapormo, sections 36 to 41, of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson, translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Section 36. One may hear how gold is metaphorically called Fula's snood, in this verse, which Ivinder Skald Despoiler wrought, Fula's shining fillet, the forehead sun at rising, shone on the swelling shield hill for Skald's all Hawkon's life days. Section 37. Gold is called Freya's tears, as was said before. So sang Skuli Torsteinsson. Many a fearless swordsman received the tears of Freya, the more the morn, when foemen we murdered, we were present. And as Einar Skulason sang, Where mounted twixt the carvings the tear of Mardul lieth, We bear the axe shield splitting, Swollen with serpent's lair gold. And here Einar has further paraphrased Freya, So as to call her mother of Nos, or wife of Odur, As standeth below. 
the shield tempest strong roof ice with tear gold is unminished i reign of odor's bedmate his age the king so useth and again thus horn's child the glorious adornment i own gold wound a jewel most fair to the shield's rim fast is the golden sea flame on the gem freyr's niece the tear-drift of the forehead of her mother she bears the raven feeder gave me frodi's seed-gold's fostering it is also recorded here that one may paraphrase freya by calling her sister of freyr and thus also a defense of songs full goodly he freely gave me neighbor of sea-scales i praise gladly njordr's daughter's golden gem-child here she is called daughter of njordr and again thus the awesome stately urger of odin he who raises the struggle stern gave to me the courage stalwart daughter of the vana bride my fair axe the valorous sword motes ruler led geffen's girl to the scald's bed set with the sea flames gold work here she is called geffen and bride of the vanir it is proper to join tears with all the names of freya and to call gold by such terms and in diverse ways these paraphrases have been varied so that gold is called hail or rain or snowstorm or drops or showers or waterfalls of freya's eyes or cheeks or brows or eyelids section thirty eight in this place one may hear that gold is called word or voice of giants as we have said before thus sang bragi the skald then had i the third friend fairly praised the poorest in the voice of the botched knobs ali but best of all to me he called a rock botched knob and a giant ali of rock and gold voice of the giant section thirty nine for what reason is gold called otter's wergild it is related that when certain of the aesir odin and loki and hynir went forth to explore the earth they came to a certain river and proceeded along the river to a waterfall and beside the fall was an otter which had taken a salmon from the fall and was eating blinking his eyes the while then loki took up a stone and cast it at the otter and struck its head and loki boasted in his catch that he had got otter and salmon with one blow then they took up the salmon and the otter and bore them along with them and coming to the buildings of a certain farm they went in now the husbandman who dwelt there was named hreidmar he was a man of much substance and very skilled in black magic the aesir asked him for a night's lodging saying that they had sufficient food with them and showed him their catch but when hreidmar saw the otter straightway he called to him his sons fafnir and regin and told them that the otter their brother was slain and who had done that deed now father and sons went up to the aesir seized them bound them and told them about the otter how he was hreidmar's son the aesir offered a ransom for their lives as much wealth as hreidmar himself desired to appoint and a covenant was made between them on those terms and confirmed with oaths then the otter was flayed and hreidmar taking the otter skin bade them fill the skin with red gold and also cover it altogether and that should be the condition of the covenant between them 
Thereupon Odin sent Loki into the land of the black elves, and he came to the dwarf who was called Andvari, who was as a fish in the water. Loki caught him in his hands and required of him in ransom of his life all the gold that he had in his rock. And when they came within the rock, the dwarf brought forth all the gold he had, and it was very much wealth. Then the dwarf quickly swept under his hand one little gold ring, but Loki saw it and commanded him to give over the ring. The dwarf prayed him not to take the ring from him, saying that from this ring he could multiply wealth for himself if he might keep it. Loki answered that he should not have one penny left, and took the ring from him and went out. But the dwarf declared that that ring should be the ruin of everyone who should come into possession of it. Loki replied that this seemed well enough to him, and that this condition should hold good, provided that he himself brought it to the ears of them that should receive the ring and the curse. He went his way and came to Hreidmar's dwelling, and showed the gold to Odin. But when Odin saw the ring it seemed fair to him, and he took it away from the treasure and paid the gold to Hreidmar. Then Hreidmar filled the otter skin as much as he could, and set it up when it was full. Next Odin went up, having the skin to cover with gold, and he bade Hreidmar look whether the skin were yet altogether hidden. But Hreidmar looked at it searchingly, and saw one of the hairs of the snout, and commanded that this be covered, else their covenant should be at an end. Then Odin drew out the ring, and covered the hair, saying that they were now delivered from their debt for the slaying of the otter. But when Odin had taken his spear, and Loki his shoes, and they had no longer any need to be afraid, then Loki declared that the curse which Anvari had uttered should be fulfilled, that this ring and this gold should be the destruction of him who received it, and that was fulfilled afterward. Now it has been told wherefore gold is called Otter's Weirguild, or Forced Payment of the Aesir, or Metal of Strife. Section 40 What more is to be said of the gold? Hreidmar took the gold for his son's Weirguild, but Fafnir and Regin claimed some part of their brother's blood money for themselves. Hreidmar would not grant them one penny of the gold. This was the wicked purpose of those brethren. They slew their father for the gold. Then Regin demanded that Fafnir share the gold with him, half for half. Fafnir answered that there was little chance of his sharing it with his brother, seeing that he had slain his father for its sake. And he bade Regin go hence, else he should fare even as Hreidmar. Fafnir had taken the helmet which Hreidmar had possessed, and set it upon his head. This helmet was called the Helm of Terror, of which all living creatures that see it are afraid, and the sword called Hrati. Regin had that sword which was named Raphael. So he fled away, and Fafnir went up to Genita Heath, and made himself a lair and turned himself into a serpent, and laid him down upon the gold. Then Regin went to King Hjelprekr at Tjod, and there he became his smith. And he took into his fostering Sigurdur, son of Sigmundur, Fulsungr's son, and of Hjordis, daughter of Eilimi. Sigurdur was most illustrious of all host kings, in race, in prowess, and in mind. Regin declared to him where Fafnir lay on the gold, and incited him to seek the gold. Then Regin fashioned the sword Grammer, which was so sharp 
that sigurdur bringing it down into running water cut asunder a flock of wool which drifted downstream on to the sword's edge next sigurdur clove regin's anvil down to the stock with the sword after that they went sigurdur and regin to gnita heath and there sigurdur dug a pit in fafnir's way and laid himself in ambush therein and when fafnir glided toward the water and came above the pit sigurdur straightway thrust his sword through him and that was his end then regin came forward saying that sigurdur had slain his brother and demanded as a condition of reconciliation that he take fafnir's heart and roast it with fire and regin laid him down and drank the blood of fafnir and settled himself to sleep but when sigurdur was roasting the heart and thought that it must be quite roasted he touched it with his finger to see how hard it was and then the juice ran out from the heart on to his finger so that he was burned and put his finger to his mouth as soon as the heart's blood came upon his tongue straightway he knew the speech of birds and he understood what the nuthatches were saying which were sitting in the trees then one spake there sits sigurdur blood besprinkled fafnir's heart with flame he roasteth wise seemed to me the spoiler of rings if the gleaming life-fibre he ate there lies regin sang another reed he ponders would betray the youth who trusteth in him in his wrath he plots wrong accusation the smith of bale would avenge his brother then sigurdr went over to regin and slew him and thence to his horse which was named grani and rode till he came to fafnir's lair he took up the gold trussed it up in his saddle-bags laid it upon grani's back mounted up himself and then rode his ways now the tale is told why gold is called lair or abode of fafnir or metal of gnita heath or grani's burden section forty one then sigurdur rode on till he found a house on the mountain wherein a woman in helm and burney lay sleeping he drew his sword and cut the burney from her she awoke then and gave her name as hildr she is called brynhildr and was a valkyr sigurdur rode away and came to the king who was named gjuki whose wife was grimhildr their children were gunnar hugni gudrun gudni gothomer was gjuki's stepson sigurdur tarried there a long time and then he obtained the hand of gudrun daughter of gjuki and gunnar and hugni swore oaths of blood brotherhood with sigurdur thereafter sigurdur and the sons of gjuki went unto atli budli's son to sue for the hand of brynhildr his sister in marriage to gunnar brynhildr abode on hinda fell and about her hall there was a flaring fire and she had made a solemn vow to take none but that man who should dare to ride through the flaring fire then sigurdur and the sons of gjuki who were also called niflungs rode up on to the mountain and gunnar should have ridden through the flaring fire but he had the horse named goti and that horse dared not leap into the fire so they exchanged shapes sigurdur and gunnar and names likewise for grani would go under no man but sigurdur then sigurdur leapt onto grani and rode through the flaring fire that eve he was wedded with brynhildr but when they came to bed 
he drew the sword Grammer from its sheath and laid it between them in the morning when he arose and clothed himself he gave brynhildr as linen fee the same gold ring which loki had taken from andvari and took another ring from her hand for remembrance then sigurdr mounted his horse and rode to his fellows and he and gunnar changed shapes again and went home to gjuki with brynhildr sigurdr and gudrun had two children sigmundr and svanhildr it befell on a time that brynhildr and gudrun went to the water to wash their hair and when they came to the river brynhildr waded out from the bank well into the river saying that she would not touch to her head the water which ran out of the hair of gudrun since herself had the more valorous husband then gudrun went into the river after her and said that it was her right to wash her hair higher upstream for the reason that she had to husband such a man as neither gunnar nor any other in the world matched in valor seeing that he had slain fafnir and regin and succeeded to the heritage of both and brynhildr made answer it was a matter of greater worth that gunnar rode through the flaring fire and sigurdr durst not then gudrun laughed and said dost thou think that gunnar rode through the flaring fire now i think that he who went into the bride-bed with thee was the same that gave me this gold ring and the gold ring which thou bearest on thine hand and didst receive for linen fee is called andvari's yield and i believe that it was not gunnar who got that ring on Ganita heath then brynhildr was silent and went home after that she egged on gunnar and hugni to slay sigurdur but because they were sigurdur's sworn blood brothers they stirred up Gothormr their brother to slay him he thrust his sword through sigurdur as he slept but when sigurdur felt the wound he hurled his sword Grammer after Gothormr, so that it cut the man asunder at the middle there fell sigurdur and sigmundr his son of three winters whom they slew then brynhildr stabbed herself with a sword and she was burned with sigurdur but gunnar and hugni took fafnir's heritage and andvari's yield and ruled the lands thereafter king atli budli's son and brother of brynhildr then wedded gudrun whom sigurdr had had to wife and they had children king atli invited to him gunnar and hugni and they came at his invitation yet before they departed from their land they hid the gold fafnir's heritage in the rhine and that gold has never since been found now king atli had a host in readiness and fought with gunnar and hugni and they were made captive king atli bade the heart be cut out of hugni alive and that was his end gunnar he caused to be cast into a den of serpents but a harp was brought secretly to gunnar and he struck it with his toes his hands being bound he played the harp so that all the serpents fell asleep saving only one adder which glided over to him and gnawed into the cartilage of his breastbone so far that her head sank within the wound and she clove to his liver till he died gunnar and hugni were called niflungs and gjukungs for which reason gold is called treasure or heritage of the niflungs a little while after gudrun slew her two sons and caused flagons to be made of their skulls set with gold and silver then the funeral feast was held for the niflungs and at this feast 
gudrun had mead poured into the flagons for king atli and the mead was mixed with the blood of the boys moreover she caused their hearts to be roasted and set before the king that he might eat of them and when he had eaten then she herself told him what she had done with many scathing words there was no lack of strong drink there so that most of the company had fallen asleep where they sat that night she went to the king while he slept and hugni's son with her they smote the king and that was the death of him then they set fire to the hall and burned the folk that were within after that she went to the shore and leaped into the sea desiring to make an end of herself but she was tossed by the billows over the firth and was born to king jonakr's land and when he saw her he took her to him and wedded her and they had three sons called surli hamdir and erper they were all raven black of hair like gunnar and hugni and the other niflungs there svanhildr daughter of the youth sigurdur was reared and of all women she was fairest king jormunrekr the mighty learned of her beauty and sent his son ranver to woo her and bring her to be his wife when ranver had come to the court of jonakr svanhildr was given into his hands and he should have brought her to king jormunrekr but earl biki said that it was a better thing for ranver to wed svanhildr since he and she were both young whereas jormunrekr was old this counsel pleased the young folk well thereupon biki reported the matter to the king straightway king jormunrekr commanded that his son be seized and led to the gallows then ranver took his hawk and plucked off its feathers and bade that it be sent so to his father after which he was hanged but when king jormunrekr saw the hawk suddenly it came home to him that even as the hawk was featherless and powerless to fly so was his kingdom shorn of its might since he was old and childless then king jormunrekr riding out of the wood where he had been hunting beheld svanhildr as she sat washing her hair they rode upon her and trod her to death under their horses feet but when gudrun learned of this she urged on her sons to take vengeance for svanhildr when they were preparing for their journey she gave them burnies and helmets so strong that iron could not bite into them she laid these instructions upon them that when they were come to king jormunrekr they should go up to him by night as he slept surli and hamdir should hew off his hands and feet and erper his head but when they were on their way they asked erper what help they might expect from him if they met king jormunrekr he answered that he would render them such aid as the hand affords the foot they said that that help which the foot received from the hand was altogether nothing they were so wroth with their mother that she had sent them away with angry words and they desired so eagerly to do what would seem worse to her that they slew erper because she loved him most of all a little later while surli was walking one of his feet slipped and he supported himself on his hand and he said now the hand assists the foot indeed it were better now that erper were living now when they came to king jormunrekr by night where he was sleeping and hewed hands and feet off him he awoke and called upon his men and bade them arise and then hamdir spake saying the head had been off by now if erper lived then the henchmen rose up and attacked them 
but could not overmaster them with weapons and jormunrekker called out to them to beat them with stones and it was done there surli and hamdir fell and now all the house and offspring of gjuki were dead a daughter named aslaug lived after young sigurdur she was reared with heimir and himdalir and great houses are sprung from her it is said that sigmundr volsungr's son was so strong that he could drink venom and receive no hurt and sinfjutli his son and sigurdur were so hard-skinned that no venom from without could harm them wherefore bragi the skald has sung thus when the wriggling serpent of the volsung's drink hung writhing on the hook of the foeman of hill-giant's kindred most skalds have made verses and diverse short tales from these sagas bragi the old wrote of the fall of surli and hamdir in that song of praise which he composed on ragnar lodbrok once your moonwrecker awakened to an ill dream mid the prince's blood stained while swords were swirling a brawl burst into the dwelling of ranvir's royal kinsman when the raven swarthy brothers of erper took vengeance for all the bitter sorrows the bloody dew of corpses o'er the king's couch streaming fell on the floor where severed feet and hands blood dripping were seen in the ale-cup's fountain he fell headlong gore blended on the shield leaf of the bushes of lyfe's land tis painted there stood the shielded swordsman steel biting not surrounding the king's couch and the brethren hamdir and surli quickly to the earth were beaten by the prince's order to the bride of odin with hard stones were battered the swirling weapons urger bade gjuki's race be smitten sore who from life were eager to ravish svanhildr's lover and all pay jonakr's offspring with a fair piercing weapon the render of blue burnies with bitter thrusts and edges i see the hero's slaughter on the fair shield rim surface ragnar gave me the ship moon with many tales marked on it End of Skald's Kapormal, section 41. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. 
all of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Skalds Kaparmo, sections 42 through 46, of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson, translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Poesy of Skalds, section 42. Why is gold called Frodi's meal? This is the tale thereof. One of Odin's sons, named Skjuldur, from whom the Skjuldungs are come, had his abode and ruled in the realm which now is called Denmark, but then was known as Gotland. Skjuldur's son, who ruled the land after him, was named Fridleifer. Fridleifer's son was Frodi. He succeeded to the kingdom after his father, in the time when Augustus Caesar imposed peace on all the world. At that time Christ was born. But because Frodi was mightiest of all kings in the northern lands, the peace was called by his name wherever the Danish tongue was spoken, and men call it the peace of Frodi. No man injured any other, even though he met face to face his father's slayer or his brother's, loose or bound. Neither was there any thief nor robber then, so that a gold ring lay long on Jalangr's heath. King Frodi went to a feast in Sweden at the court of the king who was called Fjunir, and there he bought two maidservants, Fenja and Menja. They were huge and strong. In that time two millstones were found in Denmark, so great that no one was so strong that he could turn them. The nature of the mill was such that whatsoever he who turned asked for was ground out by the millstones. This mill was called Groti. He who gave King Frodi the mill was named Hengikuper. King Frodi had the maidservants led to the mill and bade them grind gold, and they did so. First they ground gold and peace and happiness for Frodi, then he would grant them rest or sleep no longer than the cuckoo held its peace, or a song might be sung. It is said that they sang the song which is called the Lay of Groti, and this is its beginning. Now are we come to the king's house, the two foreknowing, Fenya and Menya. These are with Frodi, son of Friedleifer, the mighty maidens as maid thralls held. And before they cease their singing, they ground out a host against Frodi, so that the sea king called Mizinger came there that same night and slew Frodi, taking much plunder. Then the peace of Frodi was ended, Mizinger took Groti with him, and Fenya and Menya also, and bade them grind salt. And at midnight they asked whether Mizinger would not weary of salt. He bade them grind longer. They had ground but a little while when down sank the ship, 
and from that time there has been a whirlpool in the sea where the water falls through the hole in the millstone it was then that the sea became salt the lay of groti they to the flour mill were led those maidens and bidden tirelessly to turn the grey millstone he promised to neither peace nor surcease till he had heard the handmaid singing they chanted the song of the ceaseless millstone lay we the bins right lift we the stones he urged the maidens to grind on ever they sung and slung the whirling stone till the men of frodi for the most part slept then spake menya to the mill coming wealth grind we for frodi we grind it in plenty fullness of fee at the mill of fortune let him sit on riches and sleep on down let him wake and wheel then well tis ground here may no one harm another contrive evil nor cast wiles for slaying nor slaughter any with sword well sharpened though his brother's slayer in bonds he find but he spake no word save only this sleep ye no longer than the whole cuckoo's silence nor longer than so while one song is sung thou wast not frodi full in wisdom thou friend of men when thou boughtest the maidens didst choose for strength and outward seeming but of their kindred didst not inquire hardy was hrungnir and his father yet was tiazi than they more mighty edi and aurnir of us twain are kinsmen brothers of hill giants of them were we born groti had not come from the grey mountain nor the hard boulder from the earth's bosom nor thus would grind the hill giant's maiden if any had known the news of her we nine winters were playmates together mighty of stature neath the earth's surface the maids had part in mighty works ourselves we moved mighty rocks from their place we rolled the rock o'er the giant's roofstead so that the ground quaking gave before us so slung we the whirling stone the mighty boulder till men took it and soon after in sweden's realm we twain foreknowing strode to the fighting bears we hunted and shields we broke we strode through the grey-mailed spear-host we cast down a king we crowned another to goat hormer good we gave assistance no quiet was there ere canoe fell this course we held those years continuous that we were known for warriors mighty there with sharp spears wounds we scored let blood from wounds and reddened the brand now are we come to the king's abode of mercy bereft and held as bondmaids clay eats our foot soles cold chills us above we turn the peace grinder tis gloomy at frodi's hands must rest the stone must halt enough have i turned my toil ceases now may the hands have no remission till frodi hold the meal ground fully the hands should hold the hard shafts the weapons gore stained wake thou frodi wake thou frodi if thou wouldst hearken to the songs of us twain and to ancient stories fire i see burning east of the burg war tidings waken a beacon of warning a host shall come hither with swiftness and fire the dwellings above king frodi thou shalt not hold the stead of hlider the red gold rings nor the god's holy altar we grasp the handle 
maiden more hardly we were not warmer in the wound gore of corpses my father's maid mightily ground for she saw the fayness of men full many the sturdy posts from the flower-box started made staunch with iron grind we yet swifter grind we yet swifter the son of irsa halfdaner's kinsman shall come with vengeance on frodi's head him shall men call irsa's son and brother we both know that the maiden's ground their might they tested young and fresh in giant frenzy the bin poles trembled and burst the flower-box in sunder burst the heavy boulder and the sturdy bride of hill giants spake we have ground o frodi soon we cease from grinding the women have laboured o'er long at the grist thus sang einar skulason i have heard that frodi's handmaids ground in the mill full gladly the serpent's couch with gold meal the king lets peace be broken the fair cheeks of my axe-head fitted with maple show forth fenya's grist exalted is the skald with the good king's riches so sang egil glad are full many men in frodi's meal section forty three why is gold called kraki's seed in denmark there was a king called hrolfr kraki he was most renowned of all ancient kings for munificence valor and graciousness one evidence of his graciousness which is often brought into stories is this a little lad and poor vugr by name came into the hall of king hrufr at that time the king was young and of slender stature vugr came into his presence and looked up at him and the king said what wouldst thou say lad for thou lookest at me vugr answered when i was at home i heard say that hrufr the king at hleider was the greatest man in the northern lands but now there sitteth in the high seat a little pole and he is called king then the king made answer thou boy hast given me a name so that i shall be called hrolfr the pole kraki and it is the custom that the giving of a name be accompanied by a gift now i see that with the name which thou hast fastened on me thou hast no gift such as would be acceptable to me wherefore he that has wherewith to give shall give to the other and he took from his hand a gold ring and gave it to him then vugr said above all kings be thou most blessed of givers now i swear an oath that i shall be that man's slayer who slays thee then spake the king laughing loudly vugr is pleased with a small thing another example is the tale told concerning the valor of hrofr kraki that king whom men call adils ruled over upsala he had to wife irsa mother of hrofr kraki he was at strife with the king who ruled over norway whose name was ali the two joined battle on the ice of the lake called vaeni king adils sent an embassy to hrofr kraki his stepson praying him to come to his aid and promised wages to all his host so long as they should be away king hrolfr himself should have three precious gifts whatsoever three he might choose from all sweden king hrolfr could not make the journey in person owing to the strife in which he was engaged with the saxons but he sent to adils his twelve berserks budvar bjarki was there for one and hjalti the stout-hearted fitzerker the stern vutur vesedi 
and the brethren Svitdagr and Bygudr. In that battle King Ali fell, and the great part of his host with him. And King Adils took from him in death the helm battle-swine and his horse raven. Then the berserks of Hrofrakraki demanded for their hire three pounds of gold for each man of them. And in addition, they required that they might bear to Hrolfrakraki those gifts of price which they had chosen for him, which were the helm battle boar and the Burney Finn's heritage, on neither of which iron would take hold, and the gold ring, which was called Pig of the Swedes, which Adil's forefathers had had. But the king denied them all these things, nor did he so much as pay their hire. The berserks went away ill-pleased with their share, and told the state of things to Hrolfrakraki. Straightway he began his journey to Uppsala, and when he had brought his ships into the river Firi, he rode at once to Uppsala and his twelve berserks with him, all without safe conduct. Irsa, his mother, welcomed him and led him to lodgings, but not to the king's hall. Fires were made there before them, and ale was given them to drink. Then men of King Adil's came in and heaped firewood onto the fire, and made it so great that the clothes were burnt off Hrolfr and his men. And the fellow spake, Is it true that Hrolfr Kraki and his berserks shun neither fire nor iron? Then Hrolfr Kraki leapt up, and all they that were with him, and he said, Add we to the fire in Adil's dwelling, took his shield and cast it onto the fire, and leapt over the flames while the shield burnt and he spake again he flees not the flames who o'er the fire leapeth even so did his men one after another and they laid hands on those fellows who had heaped by the fire and cast them into the flames then irsa came and gave hrolfrakraki a deer's horn full of gold the ring pig of the swedes being with the gold and she bade them ride away to the host they vaulted onto their horses and rode down into the plain of the Fury, and soon they saw King Adils riding after them with his host all in armor, hoping to slay them. Then Hrolfr Kraki plunged his right hand down into the horn, grasped the gold, and strewed it all about the road. When the Swedes saw that, they leapt down out of their saddles, and each took up as much as he could lay hold of. But King Adils bade them ride on, and himself rode furiously. His horse was called Slungvir, swiftest of all horses. Then Hrulfr Kraki saw that King Adils was drawing close up to him, took the ring, pig of the Swedes, and threw it toward him, and bade him receive it as a gift. King Adils rode at the ring, and thrust at it with his spear-point, and let it slide down over the shaft socket. Then Hrulfr Kraki turned back, and saw how he bent down, and spake, now i have made him who is mightiest of swedes stoop as a swine stoops thus they parted for this cause gold is called seed of kraki or of fieri's plain thus sang eyvinder skald despoiler god of the blade of battle we bear through hakon's life days the seed of fieri's valley on our arms where sits the falcon even as tildofer sang the king sows the bright seed-corn of knuckle-splendid gold rings, with the crop of Irsa's offspring in his company's glad hand-grasp. The guileless land-director with Crocky's gleaming barley sprinkles my arms, 
the flesh-grown seat of the hooded falcon section forty four it is said that the king called hulgi from whom halogaland is named was the father of torgerdur holgabrudr sacrifice was made to both of them and a cairn was raised over hulgi one layer of gold or silver that was the sacrificial money and another layer of mould and stones thus sang skuli thorsteinsson when i redden reifnir's roofbane the ravening sword for wealth's sake at svoldr i heaped with gold rings warlike hulgi's cairn thatch in the ancient bjarkamal many terms for gold are told it says there the king most gift gracious his guardsmen enriched with fenya's labor with fafnir's midgard glasir's bright needles grani's fair burden draupnir's dear dripping down of grafvitnir the free-handed lord gave the heroes accepted sif's firm-grown tresses ice of the bow force otter guild unwilling weeping of mardul fire flame of orun Edi's fine speeches the warrior rejoiced we walked in fair garments in tiazi's councils the people's host countless in the rhine's red metal wrangling of niflungs the leader war daring warded balder not section forty five gold is metaphorically termed fire of the hand or of the limb or of the leg because it is red but silver is called snow or ice or hoarfrost because it is white in like manner gold or silver may be paraphrased in metaphors of purse or crucible or lather and both silver and gold may be called handstone or necklace of any man who was wont to have a necklace necklaces and rings are both silver and gold if no other distinction is raised as torleikr the fair sang the kindly prince the load casts of crucibles on the hawk seats of thanes the wrists embellished gives embers of the arm joint and as einar tinkling scale sang the land strong king of lund breaks the golden limb brands i think the prince of warriors lacks not the rhine's bright pebbles thus sang einar skulason the purse snow and the sea-fire lie on both sides of the axe-head blood spilling tis my office to praise our foeman's scather and as he sang further the sea-glow each day standeth o'er the crucible's white snowdrift and the shield ship's cheeks protecting shelters a heart most lavish ne'er can one melt the silver flagon snow in the fire-flame of the eel's stream-road the feller of hosts all feats performeth here gold is called fire of the eel's stream-road and silver snow of flagons thus sang tordor miri's skald the glad giver of the hand-waist of the gold minisher perceiveth that the hermodur of the snake's lair hath had a lordly father section forty six man is called breaker of gold even as otar the swarthy sang i needs must use the breaker of the battle-glow of good men here is the watch war doughty of the wise king assembled or gold sender as einar tinkling scale sang the sender of gold permitteth the silent earth to hearken to song his gifts i gather 
the prince his young men gladdens goldcaster as torleiker sang goldcaster makes loyal to him his guard with kingly armour gold's adversary as sang torvaldr blending skald the gold's foe hot coals casteth of the arm the king gives red wealth the vile folk's desolator dispenseth the freight of grani gold towerer as is written here the gold towerer in friendship i got and of the warrior son of the glowing war-blade i make a song of praise woman is paraphrased in metaphors of gold being called willow or giver of gold as hallerstein sang he who casts the amber of vidblindi's boar's cool salt drink long will recall the willow of the reed snake's golden river here the whale is called boar of vidblindi this vidblindi was a giant who drew whales out of the sea like fishes the drink of whales is the sea amber of the sea is gold woman is the willow or dealer of that gold which she gives and the willow is a tree therefore as is already shown woman is paraphrased with all manner of feminine tree names she is also called user of that which she gives and the word for user also signifies a log the tree which falls in the forest thus sang gunnlaugr's serpent's tongue that dame was born to stir strife among the sons of menfolk the war-bush caused that madly i yearned to have the wealth log woman is called forest so sang hallerstein with a well-trained plane of singing the tongue i have planed my lady dame of the first song's ale-vats forest fair of flagons faggot as stein sang thou shalt o fresh sift tender of the flood's gold fire like other faggots of hjadning's gravel break with thy good fortune prop as ormer stein torsen sang the prop of stone was clothed in garments clean and seemly a new cloak did the hero cast over the mead's bright valkyr post as steinar sang all my dreams of the gracious goddess of the bracelet girded soft arms have lied to me the stream moon's unsteadfast prop beguiled me birch as ormer sang for a mark of the birch of the bright hollow ring the palm flame i laid on the dwarf flag in my song oak even as stands here the fair-shaped oak of riches stands our mirth forestalling linden even as is written here o dreadful towering elm tree of the dinning shower of weapons our courage shall not lessen so bade the linen's linden man is paraphrased in tree metaphors as we have written before he is called rowan or tester of weapons or of combats of expeditions and of deeds of ships and of all that which he wields and tests thus sang ulfr ugesson but the flashing-eyed stiff edge-rope of the earth stared past the gunwale at the rowan tree of the people of stone the giant tester tree and beam as kormakr sang the beam of the murdering sword-twig is taller than are many in the din of darts the sword wins the land for dauntless sigurdr grove as sang halfredr troublous skald 
the mighty grove and faithful of the shield murderer budded with hair stands in the eastlands safe with ullr's ash warriors here he is also called ash box as arnor sang the box of ships bade the regear bring the shields together at early dusk through the spear rain of strife clouds held the autumn night ash as refer sang the strife lord gracious giver sought the maid's bed gold sprinkled the ash of odin's war sleet won the estate of manhood maple as here hail maple of the ice lumps of the hand so spake the burnie tree as refer sang since i have appointed to proffer odin's breast sea the war-god's verse to torstein the tree of swords so wills it staff as otar sang thou fierce war-staff maintainest maugre two kings thy borders with heroes kin where the ravens starved not keen-hearted art thou thorn as arnor sang he gathered the young wealth thorn many great heaps of corpses for the eagles and his henchmen guided and helped the hero end of section forty six recording by expatriate in bangor maine Kaparmal, sections forty seven to fifty two of the prose edda by snorri sturluson translated by arthur gilchrist brodeur eighteen eighty eight to nineteen seventy one this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine the poesy of skalds section forty seven how should battle be paraphrased by calling it storm of weapons or of sheltering shields or of odin or of the valkyrs or of host kings and din and clashing thus sang hornklofi the king hath held a spear storm with heroes where the eagles screamed at the din of skugul the red wounds spat out blood thus sang eyvinder and that hero at har's tempest wore a sark of grey wolf-skin thus sang bercy in earlier days i seem not to guns war bushes useful in the sleet of hluk when younger we were so tis said thus sang einar the stark prince lets hildr's shield sails take the sternest crashing storm wind of the valkyr where hail of bowstrings drives the sword blade hammers as einar tinkling scale sang the male sarks of the warriors firm woven did not shelter the seemly youths against hugni's showers of hakun's onset even as here they set the point net's edge band against the point crash urger and again neath eagle's claws the king's foes sank at the clash of gundul section forty eight weapons and armor should be paraphrased in figures of battle and with reference to odin and the valkyrs and host kings one should call a helmet cowl or hood 
a burney sark or kirtle a shield tent and a shield wall is termed hall and roof wall and floor shields paraphrased in figures of warships are called sun or moon or leaf or sheen or garth of the ship the shield is also called ship of ullr or paraphrased in terms of hrungnir's feet since he stood upon his shield on ancient shields it was customary to paint a circle which was called the ring and shields are called in metaphors of that ring hewing weapons axes or swords are called fires of blood or of wounds swords are called odin's fires but men call axes by the names of troll women and paraphrase them in terms of blood or wounds or a forest or wood thrusting weapons are properly paraphrased by calling them by names of serpents or fishes missile weapons are often metaphorically termed hail or sleet or storm variants of all these figures have been made in many ways for they are used chiefly in poems of praise where there is need of such metaphors so sang viga glumer with the hanged god's helmet the hosts have ceased from going by the brink not pleasant the bravest held the venture thus sang einar tinkling scale helm folded strife bold buoy who from the south went forth into guns crash and din swift sigvaldi offered battle sark of rodi as tinder sang when came the burnied hakon to cast away the ring-rent streaming sark of odin rodi's rocking sea-steeds were cleared hamdir's kirtle as halfredder sang the war-sleet hard and streaming of Aegil's weapons breaketh fiercely on hamdir's kirtles of the foremost wave-deer's warriors surli's garments as he sang further thence the bright weeds of surli in men's blood must be reddened i hear it clearly wound-fire in cutting showers of iron shields are called tents of hluk as grettir sang hluk's tent-raisers held their noses together and the heroes of the rain-storm of hildr's shield-wall hewed at each other's beards rodi's roof as einar sang rodi's roof's great ice-lump for the reign of freya's eyelids grows not less my fair axe-head his age my lord so useth wall of hildr as grettir sang and as we have written before ship's son as einar sang in the sea olafr's kinsman reddens the flame of the ship's son moon of the ship's cheek as refer sang fair was the day when scatterers of arm-fire thrust the clear moon of the cheek into my hand-clasp the coiling track of red rings ship's garth as here the swift seller of the spear-crash shot through the stain-dyed prow-garth as it were birch-bark truly he was a bitter battler ash of ullr as here the snow-gusts of ullr's ash-ship grimly o'er our prince shoot with fullness where are tossing the fearsome covered spike-spars blade of hrungnir's foot-soles as bragi sang wilt hear o hrafn ketil how i shall praise the soul-blade of truder's thief stain covered with skill and praise my king bragi the skald sang this concerning the ring on the shield 
unless it be that sigurdr's renowned son would have payment in good kind for the ring knave of the ringing wheel of hildr he called the shield wheel of hildr and the ring the knave of the wheel ring earth as halvaldr sang the chief of ranks of combat sees the red gleaming ring earth fly in two parts the white disc the pictured bursts in sunder it is also sung a ring befits the shield best arrows befit the bow a sword is odin's fire as cormacher sang the fight swelled when the warrior the wolf's blithe feeder in tumult fared with odin's ringing fire flame Urdur came forth from the well fire of the helm as ulfr ugason sang the very mighty maiden of the mountain made the sea-horse roll forward but the champions of odin's helm fire felled her wolf steed fire of the burney as gloomer geirison sang at that the land protector let the burney's streaming fire whine hone wedded he who warded him strongly against the warriors ice of the rim and hurt of sheltering weapons as einar sang i received the ice of red rims with freya's golden eye thaw from the upright prince high-hearted we bear in hand the helm's hurt an axe is called troll woman of sheltering weapons as einar sang ryfield's sea steeds riders may see how richly carven the dragons close are brooding against the brow of the helm ogress a spear is called serpent as refer sang my angry murky serpent of the markings of the shield board savagely doth sport in my palms where men in strife meet arrows are called hail of the bow or bowstring or of the shelters or of battle as einar tinkling scale sang the hammering king of swords shook from the sails of hluk the bow hail bravely the wolf's supporter warded his life in battle and halfredder and the armor of the spear sleet knitted with iron saved not the satyrs of hungry ravens from the shaft hail of the bowstring and ivinder's scald despoiler they said o hurd's land warder thy spirit little faltered when the burney's hail in the wound burst bent were the stringed elm bows section forty nine battle is called storm or snow shower of the hjadnings and weapons are turned fire or wands of hjadnings and this is the tale thereof that king who was called hugni had a daughter named hildr her king hedin son of hirandi took as the spoils of war while king hugni attended an assembly of kings but when he learned that there had been raiding in his realm and his daughter had been borne off he departed with his host to seek hedin and heard tidings of him that he was proceeding northward along the land when hugni had come into norway he learned that hedin had sailed westward over the sea then hugni sailed after him even to the orkneys and when he landed at the place called hoy hedin was already there before him with his boat then hildr went to meet her father and offered him a necklace on hedin's behalf for reconciliation and peace but if it were not accepted she said hedin was ready to fight and hugni might hope for no mercy at his hands hugni answered his daughter harshly 
and when she returned to Hedin, she told him that Hugni desired no reconciliation, and she bade him make ready for battle. So did both parties. They went to the island and marshaled their hosts. Then Hedin called to Hugni his father-in-law, offering him reconciliation and much gold in compensation. But Hugni answered, Thou hast made this offer over late, if thou wouldst make peace. For now I have drawn Dine's life, which the dwarves made, and which must cause a man's death every time it is bared, nor ever fails in its stroke. Moreover, the wound heals not if one be scratched with it. Then said Hedin, Thou dost boast in the sword, but not in the victory. I call any sword good which is faithful to its lord. Then they began that famous battle, which is called the Hjadning Strife, and they fought all that day, but at evening the kings went to their ships. Now Hildr went to the slain by night, and with magic quickened all those that were dead. The next day the kings went to the battlefield and fought, and so did all those that had fallen on the day before. So the fight went one day after the other. All who fell, and all those weapons which lay on the field, and the shields also, were turned to stone. But when day dawned, uprose all the dead men and fought, and all weapons were renewed. It is said in songs that in this fashion the Hadnings shall continue until the weird of the gods. Bragi the Skald composed verses after this tale in Ragnar Lodbrok's Song of Praise. And the beloved maiden of the vein's bloodletting purposed to bring, for wrath's sake, the bowstorm to her father. When the ring-wearing lady, the woman full of evil, bore the neck-ring of war-doom to the battler of the wind's steeds. That gory wound-amender to the glorious monarch offered the necklace not for fear's sake at the moat of fatal weapons. Even as restraining battle she seemed, although she goaded warriors to walk the death-road with the ravening wolf's dire sister. The prince of folk, the land-god, let not the fight wolf-gladdening halt, nor slaughter on the sand cease. Hate deadly swelled in Hugni, when the stern lords of Sword-Din sought Hedin with stern weapons, rather than receive the necklet-rings of Hildur. And that baleful witch of women, wasting the fruits of victory, took governance on the island or the axe, the Burney's ruin. All the ship-king's war-hosts went wrathful neath the firm shields of Hjarandi, swift marching from Reifnir's fleet sea-horses. On the fair shield of Svilnir, one may perceive the onslaught. Ragnar gave me the ship-moon, with many tales marked on it. Battle is called Storm of Odin, as is recorded above. So sang Viga Glumer. I cleared my way aforetime like earls to lands. The word went of this among the storm-staves, the men of Vidrir's sword-wand. Here battle is called Storm of Vidrir, and the sword is the wand of battle. Men are staves of the sword. Here, then, both battle and weapons are used to make metaphors for man. It is called inlaying when one writes thus. The shield is the land of weapons, and weapons are hail or rain of that land, if one employs figures of later coinage. Section 50 How should the ship be paraphrased? Call it horse or deer, or snowshoe of the sea-king, or of ship's rigging, or of storm, steed of the billow, as Horn Clofie sang. The council stern destroyer, 
of the pale steed of the billow when full young let the ship's prows press on the sea at flood-tide geitir's steed as eringarstein sang but though to the scald all people this strife from the south are telling we shall yet load geitir's sea-steed with stone we voyage gladly Sveidi's reindeer o son of Sveidin, strife valiant thou comest with Sveidi's reindeer long of seam on the seat of sulci the sound deer from land glided so sang halvadr here the ship is also called deer of the sound and the sea is called zulzi's seat thus sang tordr sjareksen the swift steed of the gunwale around sig veered from northward the gust shoved gilfi's stream's mirth the gull's wake-horse to southward of almar laying fleetly both kormt and agdir's coastline along the stern by listy the leek steed lightly bounded here the ship is called steed of the gunwale and the sea is gilfi's land the sea is also called gull's wake the ship is called horse and further horse of the leek for leek means mast and again as marcus sang the stream's winterling waded stoutly the firth snake's snow heaps the tusker of the masthead leaped o'er the whale's spumed housetops the bear of the flood strode forward on the ancient paths of sea-ships the stay's bear shower-breasting broke the reef's plashing fetter here the ship is called winterling of the stream a bear cub is called a winterling and a bear is called tusker the bear of the stay is a ship the ship is also called reindeer and so halvadr sang as we have written before and hart as king haraldr sigurdarson sang by sicily then widely the seam cut we were stately the sea heart glided swiftly as we hoped beneath the heroes and elk as einar sang the ring's mild peace dispenser the princely hero may not long bide with thee if something aid not we bound the flood's elk an otter as mani sang what laggard carl with grey cheeks canst do among keen warriors on the otter of the sea waves for thy strength is ebbing from thee wolf as refer sang and the horde diminisher hearkened to torstein true my heart is to the lord of the wolf of billows in the baleful wrathwan's conflict and ox also the ship is called snowshoe or wagon or wain thus sang eyjolfr the valiant scald late in the day the young earl in the snowshoe of landless waters fared with equal following to meet the fearless chieftain thus sang styrkar odasan hugni's host drove the wagons of rollers or heiti's snow heaps angrily pursuing the great giver of flood embers and as torbjorn sang the freighter of wave-crest seawain was in the font of christening horde scatterer who was given the white christ's highest favor section fifty one how should one paraphrase christ thus by calling him fashioner of heaven and earth of angels and of the sun governor of the world and of the heavenly kingdom and of jerusalem and jordan and the land of the greeks counsellor of the apostles and of the saints 
ancient skalds have written of him in metaphors of urdur's well and rome as eilifir gunrunarson sang so has rome's mighty ruler in the rocky realms confirmed his power they say he sitteth south at the well of urdur thus sang skapti torodson the king of monks is greatest of might for god all governs christ's power wrought this earth all and raised the hall of rome king of the heavens as marcus sang the king of the wind house fashioned earth sky and faithful peoples christ sole prince of mortals hath power o'er all that liveth thus sang eilifir kulnasvain the host of the beaming world's roof and the band of illustrious bow down to the holy cross then all glory else the sole sun's king is brighter son of mary as eilifir sang further the bright host of heaven boweth to mary's bairn he winneth the gentle prince of glory the true might god and man both king of angels as eilifir sang again the goodly might of god's friend is better than men guess of yet the gracious king of angels is dearer than all and holier king of jordan as sigvater sang four angels the king of jordan sent long ago through ether to earthward and the stream washed the holy head of the world's lord king of greeks as arnor sang i have lodged for the hero's ashes prayers with the lordly warder of greeks and men of gardar thus i pay my prince for good gifts thus sang eilifur kulnasvain the glory of heaven praises man's prince he is king of all things here he called christ first king of men and again king of all einar skulason sang he who compasseth bright in mercy all the world and gently careth for all caused the realm of heaven to ope for the valiant ruler section fifty two there the metaphors coincide and he who interprets the language of poesy learns to distinguish which king is meant for it is correct to call the emperor of constantinople king of greeks and similarly to call the king who rules over the land of jerusalem king of jerusalem and also to call the emperor of rome king of rome and to call him king of angles who governs england but that periphrasis which was cited but now which called christ king of men may be had by every king it is proper to paraphrase all kings by calling them land rulers or land warders or land attackers or leader of henchmen or warder of the people thus sang eyvinder skald despoiler who filled the ravens from life was reft by the earth rulers at uglo and as gloomer geirison sang the prince beneath the helmet reddened the sword hone hollowed on the geats there the land warder was found in the grinding spear din as tjoldolfer sang tis my wish that the glorious leader of henchmen the glad-hearted should leave his sons the heritage and the sod of his fair freehold as einar sang the valiant-souled earth-warder on his stern head the helm bears the bard before heroes telleth the fame of the king of hordland it is right also to call him king of kings under whom are tributary kings an emperor is highest of kings and next under him is that king who reigns over a nation 
and each of these is equal to the other in the paraphrases made of them in poesy next to them are those men who are called earls or tributary kings and they are equal in periphrasis with a king save that one may not term them kings of nations and thus sang arnor earl skald concerning earl torfinner let the men hear how the earl's king hardy of mind the sea sought the overwhelming ruler failed not to thwart the ocean next to these in the figures of poesy are those men who are called chiefs one may paraphrase them as one might a king or an earl calling them dispensers of gold wealth munificent men of the standards and captains of the host or van leaders of the array or of battle since each king of a nation who rules over many lands appoints tributary kings and earls in joint authority with himself to administer the laws of the land and defend it from attack in those parts which lie far removed from the king and in those parts they shall be equal with the king's self in giving judgment and meeting punishment now there are many districts in one land and it is the practice of kings to appoint justiciars over as many districts as one chooses to give into their hands these justiciars are called chiefs or landed men in the danish tongue reeves in saxony and barons in england they are also to be righteous judges and faithful warriors over the land which is entrusted to them for governance if the king is not near then a standard shall be borne before them in battle and then they are quite as lawful war captains as kings or earls next under them are those men who are called franklins they are those freeholders who are of honourable kindred and possessed of full rights one may paraphrase them by calling them wealth givers and protectors and reconcilers of men headmen also may have these titles kings and earls have as their following the men called henchmen and housecarls landed men also have in their service those who are called henchmen in denmark and sweden and housecarls in norway and these men swear oaths of service to them even as henchmen do to kings the housecarls of kings were often called henchmen in the old heathen time thus sang torvaldr blending skald hail king swift in the onset and thy sturdy housecarls with thee in their mouths men have my verses made for a song of praising king haraldr sigurdarson composed this the manful mighty waiteth the filling of the king's seat oft i find to the earl's heels throngs my host of housecarls henchmen and housecarls may be paraphrased by calling them houseguard or wage-band or men of honour thus sang sigvater i learned the warrior's wage-band on the water fought that battle newly tis not the smallest snow-shower of shields i tell of and thus also when on the steed of cables the clashing steel was meeting twas not as when a maid bears the chief's mead to the honour winners the service fee which headmen give is called wages and gifts thus sang otar the swarthy i needs must use the breaker of the battle-glow of good men here is the watch war doughty of the wise king assembled earls and chiefs and henchmen are paraphrased by calling them counsellors or speech friends or seatmates of the king as halfredder sang the counsellor battle-mighty of the prince 
whom boldness pleases lets the feud fiery weeds of hugni hammer-beaten clash upon him as snaebjorn sang the speech-friend of kings letteth the long-hulled steer-rope's race-horse steady the sword-like steel-beak of the ship against the stern wave thus sang arnor my young sons do bear for my sake grave sorrow for the slaughter of the earl destroyed by murder the benchmate of our monarch king's counsel friend as hallfredr sang in council twas determined that the king's friend wise in council should wed the land sole daughter of onar greenly wooded one should paraphrase men by their kindred as kormakr sang let the son of haraldr's true friend give ear and hearken to me i raise my song the yeast stream of seer's snow-covered monsters he called the earl true friend of the king and hakon son of earl sigurdr until dofer sang thus concerning haraldr about alafr's sire waxed the steel knife storm's ire that of whiteness each deed is worthy fame's meed and again yari's lifer could espy where the king passed by the brave sainted lord's kin stoutly praised did win and again he sang breath bereft is he who o'er all bore the gree of chief's kinsman mild haraldr's brother's child arnor also sang thus in rugenvaldr's song of praise heiti's war-good kinsman made wedlock kindred with me the earl's strong tie of marriage made honour to us rendered and again concerning earl thorfinner he sang the thin-made swords bit keenly old rugenvaldr's kin to southward of man where rushed the strong hosts under the sheltering shield-rims and he sang further o god guard the glorious kin-betterer of great turf einar from harm i pray show mercy to him whom faithful chiefs love and einar tinkling scale sang the house-prop of the kindred of hilditun shall not lack hardihood more munificent i am bound to maintain praises end of section fifty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith, 
They gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi, and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathen. We all belong with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Asatru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.